The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you always. You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars, Episode 77. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Uh, Before we begin today's discussion, just a few reminders quick. First of all, you asked and we have them. Merch. We have t-shirts, we have coffee mugs, we have... Uh, practically an infinite number of different styles and and sizes of of different things you can get with our official Secrets of Star Wars logo that encapsulates our philosophy of finding hope in a galaxy far, far away. So definitely be sure to check that out. Uh, You can find that at sqpn.com slash merch. And I think uh, one of our co-hosts has something to say about it. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just laughing. It's Mike, everybody. I'm just <laughs> laughing because this is just proof that, that there's a lot of things that happen on Secrets of Star Wars that are not scripted. Because what was scripted was I was just going to say, and I'm doing it now, I am wearing my Father Fett. Well, it's, it's our logo, but it has Father pro- prominently featured <laughs> on here. Um, and it's I got the baseball shirt. So it's the three quarter or whatever. I've never had one of these. I've always liked it ever since I saw the Sandlot. And so... It's it's like a grayish kind of color with the blue piping and and uh, the blue sleeves and, and everything. So just yeah, it's it's uh, endlessly customizable. But all I was going to add was I laughed so hard that you said merch because five minutes before we got on here, my wife and I were working out our uh, chosen live stream plan, which she's taking care of right now to get a discount on merch. And I kept saying merch and she's like, you have to stop saying merch. (laughs) And she was was teasing me for saying merch. I'm like, see, it's a thing. It's a thing, everybody. So, but yeah, go get your, go get your secrets of Star Wars merch for sure. It's good stuff. I'm definitely, definitely envious of that uh, baseball tee. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's really comfortable too. Yeah. A lot of options. I will throw this out there too. My mom has like gotten every design we've ever made and (laughs) about, uh, this would have been maybe about a couple of weeks ago. She she texted me and said that she was cold. So she had to just get another uh, Secret of Star Wars hoodie. So she's there you go. Uh, <laughs> she's rocking out the uh, the merch. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> the, the biggest fan that I have out there. So, yeah, definitely go check that out. Um, also, of course, we have a way for you to join the StarQuest fan club mailing list. And the super fancy, super high tech way to do this is you can text the word StarQuest to 66866. So that's text StarQuest, all one word, to 66866. Also, of course, just a reminder to please share the podcast on your favorite social media to to share the show with those whom you think would like to listen to us and definitely leave us a review on the various uh, podcast platforms to let us know how we're doing. And that also lets us be seen by more people who would be interested. So definitely go do those things for us. That helps us out a lot. 
Today, we are discussing the fourth episode of The Bad Batch, uh, titled Cornered. And joining me on today on the panel are, first of all, of course, you've already heard him speak, uh, Mike Creevy. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Doing well. And second and finally this evening is Thomas Sanherjo. Hey, Father. How's it going? It's great. Yeah, it's Pentecost Sunday, so birthday of the church. Mm-hmm. So it's a good day. And so we'll just kind of jump right into it. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of news this week, unless you consider something that happened like a year ago that wasn't really <laughs> newsworthy at all. Um, and now now that I say that, I need to I need to clarify. Uh, there was a number of uh, or Lucasfilm updated their website to say that Dave Filoni uh, was an executive creative director and people were blowing up the internet thinking that he got promoted when actually he's been in this role for roughly a year and they just updated their website like this past week and so <laughs> everybody was giving giving him congratulations including ourselves and then we realized it was just Lucasfilm doing some maintenance on their website so congratulations Dave Filoni a year uh, year post uh, <laughs> and you're not quite promotion <laughs> I, might, I might still be listed as some development coordinator for the radio station i used to work at like two years ago so sometimes these things take a while <laughs> yeah i wouldn't be surprised if i'm still listed as the associate pastor at the cathedral some places in fact i'm pretty sure it's on the sqpn website you're, you're probably listed as a seminarian still somewhere <laughs> well and then, and then the moment that i say that we have pictures in our church of seminarians from like that have already either been ordained or have discerned right. out <laughs> and we Those need to update that. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, anyways, jumping into, uh, this episode of the bad batch. Uh, of course, first of all, what, what did you guys think of this episode? I like this one. I think they're, uh, they're getting really good with the pacing. I think the first two were trying to do a lot of ex- exposition and now this one's kind of, we can get a little more into the action. And uh, I'm liking that it's tying us back into the larger Star Wars uh, storyline now. And and we're getting really good questions about Omega that mm-hmm. hadn't been brought up yet. And now it's like, oh, she's she's being hunted specifically. OK, who's who is it that's looking for her? So it's it's nice to get kind of a a broadening of the scope of the show, as well as just a really cool series of action sequences. Yeah, I, I agree. I enjoyed it. I know there's been a lot of. um uh, chatter kind of back and forth about like not so much criticizing the episode but just like the you know, like oh the supply run you know what i mean like because it because it is it's a yeah but it's like well yeah but you need supplies and i think with these guys it makes especially it's 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 especially a, a kind of a poignant point to get across where it's just like they really have they they kind of do their own thing, but they're they're they always have that support, you know, that they can go back to. They have that um those um what's the resources. Like they you know, they they have those resources supplied to them and now they don't and now they gotta figure that out. So um so I wasn't as, as worked up about that. But uh I think one of the coolest things, of course, we'll get into later, uh and I don't want to steal your thunder at all, Father. I think it's gonna go here probably, but the Definitely some episode two callbacks. Trust me, I'm, 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 I'm totally, totally <laughs> onto that. Every, I mean, I, I felt it right away. Everyone yep. I've listened to, some of the stuff I looked at online, you know, um, uh, everybody seems to be yep. <laughs> pointing that out. So that's no yep. mistake. But yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I will get to that when we talk about those chase scenes because um, there's mm-hmm. there's actually some really cool parallels there. But uh, yep. yeah, I I I there there's, there seems to be a definitely a continuing similar feel to the Mandalorian 
where mm-hmm. those episodes were were also sort of yep. like you you could skip an episode and still get the big picture because the the story right. plot wasn't or the 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 major plot wasn't really uh didn't really in, uh, go forward in in some individual episodes and this one i mean uh, similar you know or like last mm-hmm. episode where they they crash land on that that planet and you know it doesn't really move the plot forward a whole lot but there is something to be said about the slower pace which i totally agree with and I think, I mean, I think all of us probably love the the major plot being uh, moved forward. But there's also, I'm assuming, if we're if we're really the the Star Wars fans that we claim to be, there's something about just wanting to see what normal daily life is like, you know. Yes. And like, this is one mm-hmm. of those episodes where it's like, okay, this is what daily life is like for the Bad Batch. It's not just to the next major uh, plot arc. It's they they need supplies and have to change their their uh uh their whatever ship signal i'm blanking on whatever that was the the signal um, key right right so they they couldn't mm-hmm. be they they could get away from from being scanned and and taken down um so definite well and then the other co- uh, connection to the to the mandalorian too is like grogu was being chased by bounty hunters specifically and so was omega yeah i think it in some ways it does it feels it it kind of feels more like Mandalorian than Clone Wars or or, or like a hybrid. I mean, it, it definitely mm-hmm. fits, you know, and it's not doesn't seem like it's just copying one or the other. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. it just feels like it belongs. It makes me it makes me fully think that that Filoni learned from what he did with the Mandalorian and, of course, mm-hmm. learned what he did with Clone Wars and and might be implementing like the best of both ways of storytelling in what he's doing mm-hmm. with this. And it also goes back to the fact that there's 16 episodes in this season, so they have yeah. the time to have the time. to take their time. Yeah. Do you think? I think that might take a while for us to adjust because I mean, nothing has been like that yet. Not even the the Marvel stuff has been like that. Like everything That's on Disney true. Plus is it's eight epi- six episodes, eight episodes, and you're done. But these are half hour they, episodes, so well, right? That's true. You yeah. know, it's kind of a toss up on that one. I think um, this is a little bit longer span of a season, but it's also shorter episodes, so it's a trade off there. I think this this feels a lot this to this episode feels a lot like um playing a uh, role playing game. So this is like Star Wars mm-hmm. role playing game. You know where <laughs> okay, you guys are out short on supplies. How are you going to fix that? And then they <laughs> land and there's there's the greedy guy that they got to deal with to make sure that he <laughs> yeah. doesn't scan a thing. They got to go into the marketplace and they got to trade something. Oh well, we're going to trick this uh, merchant. You know, <laughs> it feels exactly like a Star Wars role playing game. <laughs> that was my favorite scene, by the way. I think. And we'll, oh yeah, of course, get there too. It was so much fun. <laughs> oh, that is such a good analogy. And then when they like, <laughs> I'm just thinking of when when they when Hunter and Wrecker both face off against Fennec. First of all, they mm-hmm. they roll the dice and and don't hit the right. the right the right the high right. numbers to win those little yeah. battles. So yeah, that's <laughs> so appropriate. Gosh. Um. So yeah, let's let's jump into that to that recap. Uh. So uh. First of all. Uh, Clone Force 99 is looking for uh, a place to hide, but they are out of fuel and need rations. And so they decide to stop on the nearest planet that they're they're closest to. And it's a planet called Pantora. And they also need to modify their ship's signature key since it's on the wanted list. And um, Omega's happy because she wants to just explore. She doesn't want to go hide. Um, I liked the... And and they they keep kind of drawing this out is I like her natural childlike curiosity about things. So that that's that's highlighted there. 
After landing on Pantora, they they bribed the port worker to for- forego scanning their ship and the logs, which was yeah a really funny. That was scene. a great scene <laughs> when Wrecker when Wrecker says, "Hey, we're getting good at this civilian thing." right well as if like bribing port officers is what normal civilians do right (laughs) like um okay i think was that was that uh was that taryn killam i think in the the credits i did not look from from saturday night live uh i don't know if he's i don't think he's still on the show on there but uh i think it was him and bobby moynihan both had credits for this episode because bobby always shows up somewhere (laughs) you know um but yeah i think that was you know taryn killam i think did the voice of that um Oh, I just lost the name. Whatever you'd call him, the 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 port, the port you know, the worker. Port guard, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also just like Wrecker becoming. I think Wrecker's the comic relief, like yeah. <laughs> because even even Definitely. when he's getting or when he has to bribe the port worker, he didn't even realize what was what the port worker was asking for. Like the first two times, he's like, <laughs> "You could do this. Perfect. We're good to go." And <laughs> yeah. But even like multiple times, I, I even wrote down a few different times where, where Wrecker just like, um, I think when like the all the police police vehicles are are moving towards the towards the the action and he's complaining that he's he's not in the middle of the action and um just or even uh the other one that I wrote down was when when Tech is having him pull out things on the on the ship to get to that signature key. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't really care. Just tell me what to pull, what to, to pull out of the, the ship. You know, he's <laughs> just, he's a big softy, a big kid. So they bribe the port worker not to do that. And the, the port worker then contacts some mysterious female bounty hunter, uh, who is also looking for the shuttle. And of course we know specifically she's looking for Omega later on. And of course we already know who this is. It's Fennec. I, I guess we'll, we'll jump into it now here. What did you guys think about her introduction into the Bad Batch? So we, we've known her from the Mandalorian, but this is the first time that we see her in, the, in this era and in this format. She's missing some wounds, some scars, which I thought yep. that was, that's an interesting, significant thing because, uh, you know, that, and that's something that I would not leave to Filoni as just, uh, oh, he, he, is going to leave it out or something that's definitely going to come into play in the storyline. Well, I, I was like a lot of people. Um, I was curious and I thought the same thing with Bo-Katan, uh, cause my wife and I were, were trying to figure this out. And, uh, like when, so when she appears in, um, uh, what, what was the name of that episode? Mandalorian was that heiress? I think the heiress, I want to say so, yeah. in season two and, but whatever, you know, when she shows up and trying to do the math, you know, on this is yeah. like, okay, it's like, okay, so Mandalorians, you know, five years, so we're doing all of it. And I think what we arrived at was, was somewhere in the neighborhood of between like 27 and 30 years difference between really like the end of, of episode three and, and more or less where we're at now to, um, you know, uh, Mandalorian time frame. So, you know, 30 years, either way you look at it. And, um, it was funny cause I, I hadn't thought about this too much, but, and I, I do a little hat tip to the guys at, uh, rebel force radio because they got me on like they were talking about it i was like yeah that is weird but i couldn't believe um i i I just i guess i hadn't looked it up before i hadn't noticed this but uh ming na wen is 57 years old yeah Mm -hmm. i was gonna say it totally fits ming na wen like (laughs) if if only you know if any of us could be you know in in that sort of good shape and just general (laughs) kind of like maneuverability when we're 57 years old i was like are you kidding me so that kind of threw off because i this whole time i was kind of thinking like well she's got to be like in her teens or something and she's clearly not you know Mm -hmm, when she's talking to uh 
to Omega, you know, it's, I was figuring somewhere maybe in the twenties, but that, yeah, that fits, you know, I guess if you just go off of her. So. It's only, it's only 20 <laughs> it's, years though. It's only 20 years from this point to the end well, of, because Luke well, is, is what? Well, but 18? it's, it, well, it's, it's 20 from this to a new hope, but right. then it's, and another, then it's like five oh, years from the Return of the Jedi. From that to yeah, Return of the Jedi. Five after Jedi. Yeah. yeah. So it's close to, I think it's like 27 or 28 years yeah. when yeah. I, did a nerd dive on it a while back, but it's either way, it's, it's, it's a while, but I was just thinking, I was like, that's, you know, that puts Ahsoka and, and, um, you know, Bo-Katan somewhere in that maybe like mid to late forties or something like that. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, so anyway, that, that was just something that, that when she took her helmet off, I just, I think she just seemed older than I expected her to be. Um, but it was so cool because it was just like, here's this character. It's almost, it's interesting to see it now. We, I think we got so used to seeing some of these beloved animated characters then appear finally in live action i thought it was kind of cool seeing it the other way around, <laughs> other way around. yeah for the first time in a while and i was like yeah but now it's it's like it's not even that much of a stretch because the animation's so incredible mm -hmm. you know it's like no that's a translation of ming na wen into, <laughs> into right you know clone wars slash bad batch so i thought it was just very exciting and we knew she was coming but it'll be really neat to see where she goes in this mm -hmm. i'm glad she's so early i'm glad it wasn't something that you know was like episode 12 or 13 before she showed up but that she gets to be part of the whole series well right. and, and she's she's clearly poised to make return appearances one of the things that i noted about the age thing that you brought up mike was yeah um and not that this really means anything but it had to i had to kind of mentally process this that this this means that she is a significant amount older than boba fett so boba yes. fett at this point would have been probably late teens um mm -hmm. roughly and if she's say late 20s <laughs> i don't i don't really know but i mean you know so so that that changes just how i have to think about even like the book of boba fett with yeah. fennec and, and boba fett that that fennec is actually older than boba fett and and likely has i mean has more experience because of that but in some ways i guess she she aged much better than he did but she wasn't in a sarlacc pit as far as we know so right right there you go. right but no like offense it, to, tem, to tem morrison at all but no because he's formidable too but yeah uh but now she has a, a droid stomach or whatever yeah uh, whatever that is yeah so um, but well and, and even so and that'll be fun to pursue as we go because even so she she works for him right right <laughs> you know? right yep and so that even if any like i feel like the cooler they build her up they're clearly you know because they're they're always promoting all their stuff so they're this is all you know i, I have no doubt that we're going to see boba in this season I, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all you know uh, maybe not but you know it would certainly help their ongoing marketing <laughs> For it, it would tie into who she's mm -hmm. that you know that's we, we had this yeah. discussion after the episode like who's she working for mm -hmm. and right. there is a very distinct possibility that it could be boba fett because he's looking to hunt down all this this omega clone of his father Ooh, that'd be cool huh hadn't considered that yeah we'll circle back around to that because that's <laughs> yeah. uh, that's an interesting conversation um mm -hmm. speaking back on on fennec i um of course, appreciated and loved that Ming-Na Wen did the voice, you know, and she was mm -hmm. super excited to do that. And I loved that she still has or I mean, she still has the the, the helmet that she had from the mm -hmm. Mandalorian. So so there's uh, I kind of want the backstory on that particular helmet, but uh, she's had that for most of her bounty hunting life then. 
it really seems like a Mortal Kombat kind of thing to me. <laughs> I don't know. There's just something. That's the vibe I get off that thing. But she's, I don't know. She's also pretty good at, you know, hand to hand combat. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think she would be good in that game. too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so. So, yeah. So. Father, you got to get her on the show. We got. We got to get. <laughs> I'll do my best. I, oh, man, you would have some some huge so fans awesome. around this house oh uh, cheering on Amin Melwin. <laughs> oh yeah, you know I put out my feelers and see who bites, and <laughs> so uh, we'll see. I'll I'll keep trying because because that's that's been really that's cool, cool to to be able to do that. Um, at least starting to do to to do some of that. Um, so back to uh, the, the episode, uh, we have uh, Tech and Wrecker staying behind to modify the ship while Hunter, Echo and Omega head off to to find supplies. And Hunter tries to sell uh, their only explosive to get money. And it took me the second time through to pay attention enough to notice that that's the same explosion explosive that he uses to then rescue Omega later on in the episode. Yes. Mm, yeah. mm-hmm. So I, I was... <laughs> I was happy to to note that, you know, he actually didn't sell it. So he sells, quote unquote, uh, his droid Echo for (laughs) 3,000 credits. I loved how Echo was like, I'm so worth more than 2,000. (laughs) You kind of get more than that for me. (laughs) Um, And then when he's leaving and he's like, you know, you got a bargain for me or something like that, you know. (laughs) Right. Um, You got me for a bargain, yeah. (laughs) Omega gets distracted by what i'm calling a pantora dog or pantoran dog i'm not i don't know if there's a name for that thing but it reminded me like this is the dog equivalent of a loth cat that was the uh it was the dog it was the same kind of dog from resistance oh that um oh my gosh what is her name i'm just i'll I'll look it up here uh but it was like i forget the dog's name was um so this isn't the first time that we've seen seen a dog like that no no, it was a. Uh, it, it, yeah, he featured what was his name? Buggles. It, it was Buggles. I I want to say this is a heck of a poll. Um, <laughs> yeah, Buggles was a pet. There it is. Buggles was a pet male Vorpak owned by Toradoza on the Colossus. All okay. right. It's a weird that that bird looking. It's like half bird, half dog. Yeah, but that was well, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's that weird. Dog thing from Resistance. <laughs> it's awesome so that's, that you I think know that's that. the first tie-in I've seen from Resistance, which you know, well, I didn't really enjoy that much. I know it got pretty negative reviews overall. Or well, it didn't reach the height mm-hmm. of, of Clone Wars or Rebels, but uh, I don't know. I think that's the first tie-in I've seen from that directly over. So I think you know, I, I thought I read, and I haven't. I, I didn't confirm it, but I think Clink, one of the droids was also in or that that style of droid was i think was he? also in resistance okay but i have not i have not watched all of resistance to be able to to confirm that yeah so yeah that hasn't been one that's been on our docket so yeah so so maybe i mean maybe they pulled both of those things as a as a tie-in to to resistance yeah i think my my that's a whole other thing but i i kind of got the impression because they were trying to tie in resistance to you know force awakens and last jedi and stuff but I kind of got the impression that they didn't they didn't really account for where things went with like I just it was as far as connecting it into the sequel trilogy it didn't end up really mattering all that much mm, yeah. you know I think so but but there are some fun things that are kind of cool to see show up it seemed to know? be a much smaller story too and and aimed at a younger audience yeah. even than than like the 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 clone wars or mm-hmm. rebels and yeah yeah it, 
it's one that I want to get through eventually, and I think we'll try yeah, to we'll try to, to talk about it on the show at some point in the it, the lull. It gets but, better, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, we might we might see these these characters again or these animals. Um, but either way, Omega gets distracted by this by this uh, dog uh, animal thing because it grabs what looks like a a stuffed animal that looks like a clone trooper. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> So, so clone trooper doll. <laughs> Did you guys, by the way, get the get see the connection on that Mm-mm. or the callback for that? Because that was I'm pretty sure that was exactly the same doll that Jen Urso had at the oh. beginning of Rebels uh. or not Rebels, uh, Rogue One when she's a you know kid and, and yeah. they're coming to get her. I think isn't that kind of like the little stormtrooper stuffed animal kind of thing? It looked like it. It could be, or it was similar. I'll have to go back. No, I'm gonna and have check. to go check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not that I need an excuse to watch Rogue One again. <laughs> right. Ah, oh, darn. Right. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> so, uh, either way, the, the, the dog uh, takes that and, and Omega chases, chases it down. And ultimately, she gets lost and is discovered by Fennec, who pretends to, help to, pretends to want to help her find uh, her family again. And we, we then see, we see Echo tasked to supervise this group of droids. And the protocol droid is offended that she's not in charge anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, she was, she was very, uh, very impolite for a protocol droid. Yes. I was, I was kind of surprised. <laughs> it also made me realize just how, I, I want to say this charitably, how not smart the, the, the owner of those droids are. Cause they, they all have restraining bolts, but he doesn't even try to put one on echo. Like it did. There was one. There was there one. There was one. On okay. Okay. Yeah, he had one. If you watch his chest, that's what I was. I was watching it because I was like, oh, okay. Did he actually put a restraining bolt on? And what would that do exactly? And apparently, oh, that's nothing a good point. is the answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. He's not. He's he's smarter than I was giving him credit for. <laughs> there so was, there was actually one there. <laughs> so yeah, apparently it does nothing to organics, which makes perfect sense, even though echoes. That's what I was. I was wondering, like, is that More going to affect the, the machine part of Echo? But no, apparently it doesn't. Maybe that's because proof that he is not more a machine than man. Right, right. Because I think what it does is <laughs> part of the the whole shtick with the the uh, the restraining bolts is that they they affect the personality chip of the the droid that it's on, and so that's why. Uh, that's why R2 couldn't do the things that he normally does when mm-hmm. he had the restraining bolt on. Cause normally he doesn't care. Like he's, he, R2 just does not care of <laughs> anything for convention. Right. But so when he had the restraining bolt on, he was forced to behave like what they expected him to. And they do that because like an astromech droid working on a moisture farm wouldn't be doing the right stuff because they would tend to do the astromech kind of thing. But the restraining bolt keeps them in line to doing you know, what they're supposed to be doing on the farm. And, you know, when you take it off, then the droid can go back to doing whatever its default programming is. I'm glad that you knew that. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> play enough of the RPG, you got, <laughs> you got all this kind of pocket uh, information in your... <laughs> yeah. But this group of droids will come into play uh, later on in the episode as well. Uh, meanwhile, Hunter is tracking down Omega and we have this scene where Fennec, uh, nonchalantly steals some food to give to Omega and she tells Omega that it's okay to break the rule sometimes. And we also have Omega in her kind of naive childlike 
generosity, uh, inviting Fennec to come along with them because she's alone and, and she wanted her to be part of part of a family. Uh, I thought that this was was an interesting um, insight uh, just into Fennec's kind of morality. Um, you know, it's uh, I mean, she said it's OK to break the rules sometimes. And I felt like I felt like I needed to clarify for her <laughs> what that means. Because it is okay to break the rules sometimes, but it depends on what the rule is. Now, Fennec never clarified that, and and at least in terms of of Catholic morality, that the rules that that we would find is okay to break are unjust rules, right? You know, and Fennec, of course, that's not what she's referring to. She like what she did to to steal the food was not something that was at all justifiable for for a morally good action in that little point. And I think Fennec can afford some fruit. Right. Right. I'm just saying, (laughs) you know, that was a convenience thing. I don't know. Well, totally, because she was trying to get uh, Omega to to continue to to kind of follow her and and, and garner Mm. a little bit of trust, even though Omega kind of felt something was wrong there. But she she accepted her explanation uh, and was right. Uh, I mean, I and I think that that again kind of just shows, shows a little bit of the the childlike naivete of Omega. You know, she's mm-hmm. she's still she's still learning, and she's um, following what the adults say. And and you know, she hung out with Fennec. She developed quite a different set of moral uh, a moral co- moral code. But Fennec is a bounty hunter, so it that totally fits where where her character is. Hunter finally arrives, and uh, this is when uh, the trouble begins. And Fennec uh, manages to, of course, knock knock Hunter down in that moment, and uh, takes Omega, and and uh, they start to they start to have the the chase scenes. I love that when Hunter arrives, though, he immediately knows. Yeah, this yep. is this is bad news. Like, there's no no question in his mind about it. He sees the situation exactly for what it is, and goes to draw his knife and automatically squares off with her. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that that says who echo or who Hunter is. That's that's he's mm-hmm. he has that sensing capability. And yeah, Fennec Fennec is giving off that bounty hunter vibe to him, at least. So Hunter Hunter gets uh, tech and um, Wrecker at some point also to, to kind of help them help him chase down and find Omega and Echo at this point. Uh, removes all the restraining bolts, restraining bolts of his new droid friends, and it takes them back to their ship so they can repair it and and hit the road quickly. That was when he also uh, tells tells the owner <laughs> that that he got a bargain on 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 Echo. Hey, you're not a droid. <laughs> uh, we have, and then we have the kind of the the, the action packed chase scenes. You know, Omega escapes into into a maintenance tunnel uh, where she encounters Wrecker because he's been informed to to try to track Omega down. And <laughs> Fennec follows them down there and Fennec and Wrecker face off. And I was just astounded by how quickly she just took him <laughs> out. That's uh, that was many comments around my house about that. Like, whoa, that was wow. That was quick. <laughs> yeah. But I, 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 I think it speaks to the training that Fennec has because I know Wrecker to not be that that much of a pushover. So and she I mean, she did take out Hunter sort of. Uh, and the the chase continues. Omega climbs this maintenance tower and dangles off of it. Uh, Hunter steals a speeder bike and begins to chase and uh, chase Omega and Fennec because at that point, then Omega falls onto a 
what I would call like a dump truck kind of repulsor yeah. lift dump truck kind of thing. And uh, the chase is on through the city. There was a comical moment there too, where Omega activates the dump truck and the, the driver has like his music on and just <laughs> stop it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I was laughing because they, you know, a good, good old, good old Aqualish, uh, <laughs> which, you know, and what's so funny is I, I, I won't say it, but the thing that we always think whenever we see Ponda Baba in episode four and you're like, why, why does his mouth look like that? You know? And what's funny is one of the books I'm listening to right now, they keep calling him walrus face, walrus face. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's not what we call him, <laughs> you know, but I was laughing so hard when that, that's just like, you know, in the middle of this fight scene, it's just such good writing. And like you said, father, the yep. pacing to fit that comic relief. And if he's just there, like just chilling, you know, just jamming out in his, in his speeder, <laughs> like, you know. Because that's, I feel like, you know, that's me in that universe. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not the guy. Like, I'm running around jumping on vehicles, shooting. I'm just, like, getting to work, you know. Okay, what am I supposed to teach first period today? You know. My my wife immediately called out one of my sons on that kind of behavior. Exactly. She's like, oh, look. Hey, that's you. Oh, I love that. Uh, and he's going to have a rude awakening when he gets to to wherever he needed to be with that yeah. that load in his dump truck. So. I don't know. I have a question, but I don't know if it's if it's the wrong time to ask it. We can punt to later, but it just well, it has to do with just the the way this show is made. And like, do you guys know like know a significant amount about that as far as like the the, the animation or the the technology and the animation of, of the archive of characters that they have and stuff like a lot of it's a lot of it's like, pl- pl- like plug and play because I know they, they had to build this out. But my understanding is you can go in and you know, retrieve, like, as you do the show, like, Clone Wars, all those years, like, you have so many of these models you can retrieve, it just seems so cool, you can, like, build anything. Yeah, and I think that uh, a lot of what they've done is, you you can tell, you can, like, look at some of these characters, and they were pulled from the Clone Wars, but then they've done done a reskin of them, so they've Mm -hmm. basically just taken the model, um, they've angularized it a little bit, because that's what you see from a lot of it, it's a lot more uh, chiseled uh, corners on everything. And then they just retextured it, which is just painting the skin back on it uh, to be something new. So I think a lot of it, so yes, cool. they've done that. And then um, and like vehicles and stuff and ships mm-hmm. and just it's just so cool. it's like it is. It really is. It's like a giant digital toy box. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's just, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I just I feel like it would be just such a fun thing to be part of. You and know? a lot of that's mm-hmm. been used on the Mandalorian, too. So oh, um, yeah? what they can do for the Mandalorian, because uh, if you watch some of the special features for the Mandalorian, you see that yeah. um, they have that kind of uh, pre-visualization. Tool right. That they right, have, right. That yeah, use. exactly. And those models look like they've been kind of pulled out of the, right. the Clone Wars stuff because it's already pre-made. It's ready to animate. Yeah. It's ready to rig. You just oh, throw it so into cool. a video game system yeah. and same thing ready to go that's so cool i mean and essentially animation is just that pre-visualization but just you stay in the digital world you don't you don't hyper edited and right cleaned up right uh so so yeah there i mean there's there's a heck of a lot there and well and just and one other thing about that because the attention to detail with i mean it applies to every scene in this show um and we talked about it last year with clone Wars season seven but just you know every little thing to me like lens flare Mm-hmm. Like, there's no can't you know you're not, <laughs> right like, you're not you're not filming so like every little detail like that um it's just so incredible and the lighting you know you have to mm. you produce that lighting to match what it right. would be if it were real and mm-hmm. that's just right. so i mean that's so amazing that human achievement blows me away 
Yeah, it's really it's really cool. If, it. if anyone's interested in that kind of program, there's a program called um, Blender 3D and it's a 3D graphics rendering program. It's uh, free open source uh, it has an incredibly steep learning curve, but there are plenty of tutorials online for it. And uh, you get the whole sense. You, you you have a camera, you have lights, you put all the stuff in the scene that you want in the scene. You make it do all the stuff that you want it to do. You can That's animate awesome. everything. It's yeah. It's a lot of fun, but it, it is. It's a lot of work. You you really appreciate what these guys go through to because literally every single thing in that scene, even even stuff yeah. you don't think about, like the environment, uh, you know, right. if you're outside or inside, it's different and you have to rig that a certain way. Otherwise, right. it doesn't give the, the right effect. So metal doesn't look like metal or uh, you know, right. plastic doesn't look like plastic. And you have to figure all that stuff out as you're going through. Yeah, that's absolutely fascinating what they can do. The back to back to the chase scenes. It finally concludes with uh, Hunter throwing that explosive that he didn't have to sell onto the ship that Fennec was was piloting, piloting, forcing her to crash. And he rescues Omega in, in the process. So, uh, OK, we're going to keep going. I, I want to come back to how it parallels the episode, two, But uh, mm-hmm. here in just a minute. Um so uh, the the droids then are, are, of course, successful in their reassembling the the attack ship and everybody is rushing to to get back to the hangar to get off the planet. And they all, of course, arrive in time and escape the planet. And the poor Port Authority guy is is mad because <laughs> Fennec hadn't paid him for his tip yet. I was surprised that she didn't kill him. I was I was yeah. I was expecting no, that she's the, class act. Yeah, she's a class act because she, she knows she, what's up. She still she still paid yeah. him for for the tip. And uh-huh. um, but she also garnered a bit of trust with him saying, you know, if you exactly. see him again, you know how to contact me. So, yeah, she's well, I'm just curious why she thinks they would come back there. I don't know. Maybe there's more question. to that or yeah, I don't know, because I, I, I mean, if I was if I was the, the, the clones, I don't think I would come back there. I don't know if I'd go back anywhere so far right, you know? there I mean, unless they, they really need cut again. Well, he's gone too. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They so. haven't gone anywhere yet that they would in theory return to. Mm-hmm. Well, but if they're hiding out near there and that's their, that's true of call the supply, to come back right. to supply, you know, or maybe if he hears things as his, as his work entails a bunch of ships and different. Yeah. Well, this this is like the first place they haven't been apprehended or chased or, or attempt. You know, I mean, it wasn't they were trying to get Omega back. You know, there was a ruckus mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but I, they didn't like they weren't hunted down here. Right. <laughs> by anybody, you know. So um, and then the the other final kind of scene um, deals with with them talking about Fennec and Hunter makes the comment that he wants to find out who she is and who hired her. So there, there's two two other. Uh, We'll get back to your thoughts on on who hired her because I think that that's interesting. But right. first, I want to go back to the, the the parallels with episode two, which I I uh, yes. um, found those to be very cool. Um, so there there's there's very clear inspiration between the 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 chase between Hunter and Fennec and Anakin and Zamwazel in the opening scenes of mm-hmm. episode two. And so to just kind of lay some of those out. The, the colorful lights of Pantora are very similar to the, the Coruscant skyline. Mm-hmm. They both involve a female bounty hunter trying to conceal their identities. Yeah. Uh, Anakin and similar Hunter. hats too. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, Masks Fennec racing. isn't a shapeshifter, but, uh, but still right. they're, they're both female bounty hunters. Anakin and Hunter both <laughs> quote unquote borrow a vehicle to, to give chase. 
Uh, Anakin forces Zamwazel to crash land by destroying her control board and her ship, and Hunter forces Fennec to crash land by using an explosive to, to blow up her ship. And here's the 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 kicker, I think, um, because I think it it has potential here. Um, both may end up leading back to Camino. So Zamwazel led mm. to Camino through Django Fett and and ultimately to mm. to Camino, but then there is the 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 theory out there that the Kaminoans perhaps actually hired Fennec to track down Omega, mm-hmm. because there's that right. remember in in one of the previous episodes where the the um the the Kaminoans are trying to to get that uh the fresh source for the genetic material and and right. do their experimental to experimental clones the theory could be is that the the Kaminoans are behind Fennec hunting down Omega so both could lead to Camino so i was i was happy to see all those parallels but um i think that at least Thomas, you had mentioned a different theory regarding yes. who who potentially is behind this bounty hunt on Omega. Right. So I I was really because of the connection to, between Fennec and Boba Fett later. I was interested to see maybe what if that is what what if they're working together here. What I mean because you know we talked about the fact that the fact that Fett is younger, mm-hmm. um, so maybe he's not well established enough to be able to go out and bounty hunt on his own. But he could definitely be in that string of people and have hired her to go out. And then, you know, my wife was like, well, no, 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 because they they met on Tatooine. Right. And it, it's not necessarily uh, that they did. Right? right. We just see that he picks her up when she's been kind of laid out. We assume How did he know she that was that there? was. Yeah. We, we sort of yeah. assume that was their first meeting, but it may not have been. Right. And she she doesn't, you know, it doesn't it, it, it's not apparent that she doesn't know him at that point. Right. When she sees him, you know, walk honestly, up to and, and I, people may disbelieve me. That's fine. But I I, I always kind of had a kind of a gut feeling um, pun intended. No, I'm sorry. That's, that's a <laughs> reference. To her. I, I don't know. I always had kind of, always had kind of a gut feeling that there was at least some pre knowledge that, you know, mm-hmm. Fett had about her even back when we didn't know who that was at the end of that episode but you know right. why is he there like did he just happen upon her so i yeah I, th- I think there is a backstory between the two of them that we might see well that, that would explain a little bit more of why she's even loyal to him i mean yes mm-hmm. boba fett saved her but there's still this deeper loyalty yeah. than just just that right, right. Um, and why would boba fett save her of, right yeah, exactly yep. exactly you know um but then that also raises a bigger question why would Boba Fett want Omega? It's his sister. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, maybe. But but we don't even know yet. We don't know yet about right. her. It, yeah, yeah like, so that's, like, that's right. kind of where I'm... Maybe, yep. that's, maybe that's the thing, is that he wants to know what she is. Like, he wants to know how she fits into this whole thing. Because, I mean, the clones are the clones. Like, it, mm-hmm. he can go grab yep. a clone from anywhere and check yep. them out, right? Right, that's what I was going to say, because yeah, he doesn't look at all of them as his brothers, you know, right. per right. se. But there's... but somehow they're different mm-hmm. you know like there, there's this cognitive disconnect of just like well those are they're basically they're basically like human droids right you know, we've talked well, about that he, before the he whole grew like, up just, on his right. own yeah mm-hmm. i think that's right. the thing that, that made him different was that he grew he up on his altered. own he wasn't yep. altered he didn't have an age progression or anything like that and so here's another clone mm-hmm. that it seems like maybe has had that same thing happen and if she had right. then she's not much younger than him really right Right, she may maybe a decade younger at most. 
So, is he, do we know how old he is? Is he how old is he in episode two? Is he 12, oh. 14, 13, 12 or 13? I feel like I don't know how old Daniel. Sort of well, kept... Daniel Logan would have been Daniel Logan would have been around, I think, 13 or 14 when it came out. I heard him in an mm-hmm. interview, but but he seemed a little younger. It's roughly that I, f- I forget exactly. I mean, he sort of looped into the group that's roughly, I think, 10 yeah. years old because then the the mature right. clones are roughly 20. Um, yeah, because I, I, you know, I, I teach, I teach freshmen, like I'm around <laughs> 14 to 15 year old, like hundreds of them every day. So I'm like, I feel like he seems a little younger, you know, yeah. but, but, but so, yeah. but either, either way, this is, he's, this is like what, three, three and a half at most four years after that. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's, you know, he's late teens at yeah. most at this point. And so, and she's, how old is she? You know, she's, I would say nine, nine. That's, that's what you know, I was thinking. Nine or 10, something like that. Yeah. Pre-teen, for mm-hmm. sure, you know. Mm-hmm. But less than a decade so, younger than him. Right. You know, maybe she just was another another clone off of that batch. Yeah. And they wanted to see what they could do besides just a direct copy. Maybe they wanted to, you know, they tweak some things and mm-hmm. suddenly, oh, instead of coming out as a clone boy, it came out as right. a clone girl on top of all these other enhancements that they'd made to mm-hmm. I think the other That's my theory, I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. The other the other potential theory, and I think it holds way less water, would be the the Empire Tarkin or Rampart is after her. But I, right. I don't really think that they know about her. That's right. what I was thinking, too. So I throw it I out think, there just because it, it's a possibility. But so basically what I think uh, I'm kind of with Thomas on this, too, but it's, I'm just laughing because basically everything you just described, it's, it, it just, I didn't realize it was hitting a nerve with me. And then it did because I realized, oh, darn, that's exactly what I was hoping Ray was about, like being a clone of mm. Luke. Mm. <laughs> but that's not what happened. But we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> She's a Skywalker. Not tonight. She is. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I uh, by the way, have we really established, I just have a question about this too, because we're still early on with it, but um, I think a lot of us, I know I'm in this, this camp, I think you're tending to kind of think that she is some kind of composite or that she has some array of the skills that the rest of them have, especially because they did say that, you know, she's this fifth, you know, the yep. fifth element or whatever. But that's a multi-pass. Go back yeah. And yeah. <laughs> Deep dive. That's getting kind of meta. But um, but I wonder, do we know that? That we don't know it. But I, I'm just wondering, like, what I'm trying to remember. What have we actually seen her do? Like, she she had a, you know, I mean, if nothing else, she had a lucky shot. I don't, I don't know if we officially know it's because she's groomed for it. But like. The crosshair thing right. that was really, really made good. sense. It yeah. was awesome, and, and I think there's something to that. But it's also like, have we seen her do something ridiculously techy, ridiculously strong? Yeah, did she do a hundred? What, what, what are... So the the dragon episode, yep. she hunt, oh, she yes. tracked down the dragon. Yeah, so okay. she's done those. I, gotcha. I would I would say yep. that she has done plenty of techy things because yeah. she's you know I mean she's just able to operate all the stuff, and uh-huh. mm-hmm. we keep keep hearing how sheltered she is. And yeah. yet she's like, she figures out this tech like it's nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. So, yeah, I think we're heading there. I can't wait to see you till the Wrecker thing. <laughs> she just <laughs> picks up, you know. Like, right. it'd be great if Wrecker was under something and she, like, lifts it. But no, it's like, oh, that'd be, that'd be pretty so cool. cool. <laughs> the adrenaline has to, you know. But she's still a kid, so, you know, we don't know how strong Wrecker was when he was at that phase. So, mm-hmm. yeah. There, there's. Well, she has. Is Wrecker's thing that Wrecker's strong or is Wrecker's thing that he's that, like, innocent? 
Mm. They sort you of know, imply that, little... that he's it's his strength. I think so, but I wonder, does he even really know? I think there's more to him than just the strength. Because he is that, you know, <laughs> he is, he's like the lovable he's uncle. He's a softie. You know? He likes oh to blow God. things up, is, man. That's, that's right. his specialty. He likes to blow things up. What are you talking I about? Still, that's still my favorite <laughs> thing ever with him when he's crying. <laughs> the best day of my life. <laughs> he's so good. And he's afraid of heights. We haven't, have we seen that yet in this? Remember how terrified yeah. he was when they were up on that tower? Oh, yeah. That was, oh. Uh, <laughs> there, there was an opportunity for it in this one because she does end up on top of that tower after yeah. he gets in the fight with that Fennec, would, but then he doesn't he doesn't end up there either. Oh, uh, there are all sorts of possibilities here going forward. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I'm yeah, and, and like I, like we already mentioned, I'm I'm very happy with with where they're at and where they're going. Yeah, so it's just I, fun. And I, I and I yeah. think that that's that has to be the key. Like that's the mm-hmm. reason that we do this. That's the reason why we want to watch Star Wars is that it's fun. Yeah. And I mean, and that the stories are relevant, and and we like to 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 dig into them and get deep. But um, well, and like, and we were talking so much on the the May Fourth show about our our origin stories and experiences with it. And honestly, I don't think we got into this as much. But like, you know, if you had told fifteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty year old fanboy Mike that. Like I would be getting this much regular high quality Star Wars content. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, when I was in my late thirties, I like I don't think I would have believed you. Like it, no. it's so and that doesn't mean it's all as good. You know, it's that's all that whole discussion yeah. always like, how's it doing and all that? But that's part of the fun of it too, I think. But the fact that it's it's not only is it not dead, you know, if it's like it's it's possible that it's really just getting started and flourishing yeah. and, and you know, and that's that's the thing I really love too about it, is it's just there's no end in sight in a good way. And, it, well, and I, it's, <laughs> you, know? you know, I'm, I married a woman who was eh, marginally nerdy, you know, like mm-hmm. she, she read a lot of books. That's, that's kind mm-hmm. of the nerdiness that we had overlapping with each other was the, the, mm-hmm. the reading mm-hmm. a lot of books, but the quality of this stuff is so good that she's become a huge star Wars fan. And she's become a huge right. Marvel fan, you know, along right. with me, like sitting here watching these things that are, that are coming out. And I'm like, Thank goodness. Finally, the stuff that I'm liking is like, you know, mainstream enough that people can get into it. I mean, I remember when I was in uh, high school and and at that point it was like I was I had to wait. I don't even remember how long it was, you know, nine months to a year before new book releases. Right. Mm -hmm. And like that was that was my (laughs) my content that I loved um, and still love. But but this is this is coming at us hard and fast and mm-hmm. and yeah is 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 good storytelling good good content uh and fun characters that, i mean that that we love it's not just like oh we have to watch this because it's about it because it's star wars and we don't really care about them right but, you know these, <laughs> these are these are characters that we care about and right. it's it's good when you got a set here too that's like you know we cared about them instantly when they came up yep. in the clone wars and right. uh you know because they were just goofballs and kind of that that off color from everything that we were used to with the clones uh and then getting to see more of them and this really deep dive into who they are and what drives them and you know what worries them and how they react to having this extra member attached to them and a member taken away from them it's it's a really you know Dave Filoni knows what he's doing with these characters and that's mm-hmm. always uh, it's it's amazing to watch the storytelling that he can go through uh, in developing things that I thought were kind of just, you know, established like, oh, the, well, that's the Bad Batch, right? No, 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 no. There's a lot more to them than, <laughs> yeah. than just what you saw in those first couple episodes. 
Well, and Absolutely. he makes, he makes him relatable. I mean, and, and mm-hmm. at different times we're relating to different members of the bad batch. And so, right. so there, there's a natural uh, tendency for us to, to, as, as viewers to put ourselves in their position and then to, to mm-hmm. feel what they're feeling and just to, you know, ask, well, is that how I would have reacted to that? Or is that how I would have responded? You know? And so we get to see those fantasies, if you will, play out. Right. You know, and, and that's, that's, that's really fun for us to do too. Cause you can kind of play out that again, the kind of the story of good, good versus evil, but we get to see it played out in this way and, and see, see what our family is going to do. And if we would right. agree with them or not, uh, any final thoughts on this particular episode? I'm just excited for next week. I would say I was really excited to see echo, uh, featured a little more heavily yep. in this one. Because, you know, he's felt kind of background uh, to everything Mm -hmm. until this episode. And he really got to come forward and shine. And uh, we're going to see some really fun scenes with him. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, I don't have anything else to share. So that is going to be it from us for for this episode. And of course, listeners, we want to hear what you think of this episode of The Bad Batch. And definitely let us know. And we'd love to hear your take on it. You can email us any feedback at starwars at sqpn.com or you can share feedback on our facebook or twitter page you can find starquest on facebook at facebook.com slash starquest media and on twitter at sqpn and as always we would like to take a moment now to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of star wars including christopher m dean s brent w susan p and david s Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all the shows that we make here at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. Also, of course, be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast player. And you can also find us on the SQPN YouTube channel. Just be sure to hit that bell to get notifications of new episodes. And of course, you can find all of our previous episodes at sqpn.com slash Star Wars. We will be back next week as we will take a deeper look into episode five of The Bad Batch. So until next time, Thomas Sanjurjo, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. It's good to be here. And Mike Creevy, thanks for joining us this evening as well. Always lots of fun. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest.